Hello and welcome to Square Raindrop. I'm Jay Wheeler. And I'm Steph Golter. And gosh, what a lot we have to talk about. Uh, your school trip to start with, which is not weather related, but that's not the point. How did it go? It was the second school trip in as many weeks, Joe. And as I was standing there in the rain, holding the sick bucket, it was empty. It was the sick bucket. I thought, why do I do this to myself time and time again? Masochist. That's all I can say, masochist. Now, you see, the thing is, this week, this week, I have become, wait for it, a grandmother. Yep. And I guess I'm going to be Gmar Joe. I think if, that's going to be my name. Do you think you had a grandchild just because you missed the school trips? No, I don't. And do you know something? It will not be me, years from now, standing in the rain with a sick bucket. What I will do, yeah, what I will do is walk my daughter's dogs while she goes on the, on the school trip. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, let's just get our roles, you know, in place before we even start. But, I mean, we've got such a mishmash of weather at the moment. And, I mean, this is, well, wonderfully typical of autumn, really. Kind of wet and windy, fine, mist, fog, frost, ice you know, wet and windy, yeah, and, and you go through these episodes, and, and that's really how autumn is supposed to be, isn't it? That's right. When I did my weathering um, training, my forecaster training, I remember our lovely teacher, Frank Barrow, said, three days, every three days, you'll get a low pressure. That's autumn. <laughs> so that's what you kind of expect. Every couple of days, every three days, you get a big system heading across you, brings you a load of rain, and then in between, when it's a bit quieter, you get the mist and the fog and the cold weather, and then the rain comes again. It's autumn. That's what we expect. To be fair, we are seeing a fair number of low-pressure systems, and that's all down to the jet stream still being so far south and, on occasion, becoming really strong. Yeah, it's been really strong, over 200 miles an hour at times, and it's the kinks in it, and when when the air sort of enters it and gets sucked in, that's when you get the changes and that's when you get the intensification of the storm. So it's the storms that are running under the jet stream that can be really intensified very quickly by this very fast moving jet stream. And that's what happened with Kieran that got to us the other day. Or was it Debbie? But I think both of them, actually, both of them. And uh, and also, right, just to throw in another name, Federico. Where did E go? Actually, sorry, E was there as Elisa. So Elisa and Federico, both of them were storms that crossed the, the jet stream, but luckily didn't affect us too much. And, oh, do you know something? Let's just talk about the names for a minute, because I, I know the public is baffled, right? But it's hardly surprising that we're baffled as well. When we had Storm Babette, yeah, we also had, close on its heels, Storm Bernard, which was named by the Portuguese Met Office. Right, then we had Kieran, and there was another one beginning with C, but that wasn't named by us. So we're all kind of working in lockstep with the alphabet, not necessarily the same sex names, because of course, here we go, male, female, male, female, so do they, but they may start in a different place. And so now we've had Elisa and Federico named by other people. Wasn't you know, There weren't our storms and didn't really affect us that much. But... Just the fact we're referring to them by name, even if they're not ours, makes life very complicated. Yes. I mean, the whole idea behind the names is that it it's clearer for the public. So they know you don't just say some rain's coming. You're like, this is actually the rain from that storm. You know now that storm is coming. That's the one that's going to give you some problems with wind or rain or whatever. And that one's Kieran or that one's Debbie or whatever it is. But it becomes slightly more complicated when different people start naming them. I guess as long as you have in your sites 
which storms will affect you. It doesn't really matter what's going on elsewhere. So forget the hurricane names that are still going on in the States, even this late <laughs> in the year. And forget what's going on over France and, and Spain and Portugal. Just concentrate on the ones that are named by our area. But slightly confusingly, they're not just named by us. They can also be named by Ireland and they can also be named by Denmark. They, we're in a group all together. So they do have slightly different names than, say, Bob. And I was going to say Joe, but of course, that is not a common name at all. Very nice. <laughs> But it is though. How many weather joes have we got? Let's be let's be realistic. Yeah, we've got Our many, team of many six, weather joes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And and you know, the other thing that we've seen recently, um, which has been a concern, it was a concern with Kieron. Kieron. I saw a compilation the other day of people trying to say Kieron. Uh Kieron, um, and also Debbie, uh, was the likelihood of a sting jet. Now, we were actually talking about this with Babette, weren't we? Because conditions were right for a sting jet to happen. They didn't, um, or if they, no, they did, but the storm was still out at sea at the time. And this is an inherent risk with a storm that's crossing the jet stream and therefore developing quickly, or what they call explosive cyclogenesis. Um, and you suddenly get this small area of winds. You can probably explain this better than me. Small area of winds lasting no more than around three or four hours and about 30 miles wide, yeah, where winds can exceed 100 miles per hour, which was exactly what happened back in 1987, the hurricane that wasn't. That's right. I mean, the whole development of that 1987 hurricane that wasn't was very intense and quite sudden and dramatic and was missed. Um, the sting jet was the, th the sting in its tail, as it were. That's the thing that knocked down all the trees in Seven Oaks uh, and that sort of thing. It was the sting jet. People at that point had never heard of a sting jet, but the whole storm was under forecast anyway. So that was sort of on top of it, an additional problem. With storms that come across from uh, the Atlantic, where generally our storms come from, if they're mature systems, so you can see them on the satellite whirring their way towards us, as a big area of low pressure, generally they shouldn't have a sting jet because they're mature. It's the ones that are really intensifying under the jet stream, as you say, that suddenly intensify and they get quicker and bigger. It's in that intensification period that you can get the winds. They come down from high up in the atmosphere and just touch the ground. Um, and it's that that gets, and they're really difficult to forecast because as you say, they're really small and we don't have a great deal of experience in the past of dealing with them because there's one, every big storm that has particular conditions in a certain, so they're not as common as elsewhere. And then because they're so small, models have quite a difficult time in sort of forecasting them. You know, uh, we get asked a lot these days, you know, is this weather unusual? Is this weather unusual? Um, for the most part, I've been doing the weather that long, not a lot is unusual, but this theme of developing storms as they cross the jet stream, is it just that I'm more aware of it this year? Is it just that we focused on the fact that jet stream is so far south and has had such potential strength at times? Um, you know, I, I can't remember any other year where we were watching storms for their development across the jet stream with their potential for that sting jet. I would have to go and check that out. What I do know is back in 1987, I hadn't heard of a sting jet. So it's something that we're more aware of now um, and the public's more aware of. I do remember in the past, we've always been looking at the jet stream and saying more storms are coming our way because they're being guided by the jet stream. But at the moment, that jet stream is just that particular bit strong. And I do know the jet streams will be changing due to the changing climate. 
And I think one of the things that will happen is we will see more intensification and more more of them getting stuck in the same area. Um, so this could be a, a case of things that could become more common. But I think that's something we'd have to go away and, and have a little bit more research on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that jet stream still a long way south at the moment, uh, signals that it might be going north. Uh, but certainly there's a huge area of high pressure out in the Atlantic, just tantalisingly close, which uh, looks like it might just settle things for us mid next week. Yeah, the trouble is, Joe. between now and then, we've got a big low pressure in the Atlantic that's waiting for us, so we've got to get rid of that one first. But as I said just, just a moment ago, if you've got a big area of low pressure in the Atlantic that's churning away, you can see it clearly on the satellite picture, it shouldn't bring us a sting jet. In fact, it's a really mature system that's heading towards us. So Saturday, it's looking pretty miserable, wet, yucky. That clears out the way. Showers for many for Sunday, Monday, but then gradually things will improve. And finally, I might be able to clear some of the leaves off my lawn because I haven't been able to do it for so long because it's just raining all the time and I refuse. I, d I don't even go outside. I washed the lawnmower the other day. I felt very proud of myself. Oh, Should have washed the car instead because that's filthy. But that's not the point. I actually cleared my lawnmower, but then left it outside um, thinking I'll get washing. more mowing. <laughs> Extra rinse. <laughs> There is that. I can see you've started to bring your garden inside, actually. I mean, that's a very fetching plant you've got there. Oh, my lemon tree. Grown from a lemon. That is, that is indeed impressive. Yeah. I stand sore amazed, so I do. Yeah, I that two. is really good. <laughs> uh, I don't really like not... lemon trees because they're spiky and a bit annoying. But this one, I don't know, you know, it's made its way into the house now. There's no getting rid of it. <laughs> So whilst we're looking at, you know, typical autumn conditions, wet and windy, followed by clearer conditions with, of course, the added problems of mist, fog, frost and fog. Did I get all of those in? Or did I, I get fog twice, but it's fine. Just move on. Never mind. Well, you need to focus on the fog because that's nasty. Um, but in Argentina. Yes. So not a lot of people know this, but I do have extended family in Argentina. My other half is from Argentina. And so a lot of our relatives are in the north near Paraguay and um, just across the river from Paraguay off the across the Prana river is a little town called Posadas and there they had an almighty hailstorm and the stones were you know good two or three centimeters across and their car now has dents in and if oh you know and they went to the airport to pick someone up or something and at the airport all the windscreens are shattered. And the only reason their windscreen isn't is because when it started, my brother-in-law ran out with a blanket and put it across the windscreen. So he had the forethought. How would you say that word? Forethought. Yes. <laughs> forethought to think of that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to park on the forethought. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> so, yeah, I would. I, if I saw giant hail, I wouldn't run outside and do that. Like I wouldn't have the thought to do that, but he did, and he saved the windscreen, and so that, and a whole load of trouble trying to get a new one. Well, everybody else needs one as well, and and the body repair shop. Really sad news. Now, listen, you know we've seen uh, some pretty tricksy driving conditions fairly recently, um, and uh, I myself have had some problems because um, I went to a well-known high street optician uh, for some new glasses, and uh, so when they dispense new glasses. How excited was I? You know, a pair of sunglasses and a pair of glasses, fantastic. Couldn't see a thing. Yeah. And I went back and they said, just get used to them. I'm going, 
Well, it's difficult to get used to them when I literally can't see through them. So I've been using my other glasses and that was fine. They thing. Huh? I did the same thing. When I really? got glasses, I couldn't see a thing. And I went back and they said, you just need to get used to them. And so what did you do? I went to a different shop and they said, oh, they missed a one-off. So instead of like 0.75, it was supposed to be 1.75 or the other way around. So no wonder I couldn't see well, anything. Exactly. I mean, they they actually said to me within the within the prescribing, yeah, that my left eye had improved by three prescriptions, yeah. So they reduced it by three prescriptions. And I'm sitting there going, I can't see anything, yeah. So I went back. I had my eyes retested. They went, oh, okay, fair enough. They remade them, and I went last night to pick them up at four thirty. This is the critical bit at four thirty. <laughs> they obviously checked. They said, can you read through them? I said, yes, I can read through them. They said, can you see distance? And I went, mm, yeah, yeah. I'm still don't think they're perfect, but do you know what? Yes, I can. I can see distance through them. And so I left. But I was driving home, and I was thinking, do you know something? I don't know what to say to them now because genuinely in the dark they're dangerous yeah I just can't I can't see things clearly the lights are all a bit weird and everything else and I got home and discovered that I've been wearing the sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> so they watched me leave last night in a pair of sunglasses into in the, dark the dark night and they didn't say a word brilliant brilliant <laughs> mind you I don't think I was too clever wearing the sunglasses in the first place <laughs> That's really silly. Okay. Uh, anyway, now that I've found the, the, the proper ones, the clear ones, life's better. Better than it was. Clearer, as it were. Certainly. I'll be able to see those large hailstones if they ever come over here. <laughs> yeah. And certainly the weather conditions with a lot more clarity. And you'll be able to see your little grandkids. What was your name again? Uh, he is called, he is called Jonathan Richards. Jonathan Richards, and he'll be known as Jonty. At the moment, he's refusing to sleep at night, but sleeps throughout the day. Um, and I'm laughing, to be honest, because I'm just thinking this very tiny, beautiful dot, yeah, has got his parents sussed in four days straight. I knew they could do it quickly, yeah, but mm, four days, that's pretty good. Pretty I good. I love the way that very newborn babies have hinges for legs. Like, they don't, <laughs> like, they're not normal. They're, they're like frog's legs. <laughs> that's so funny well they've been a bit squished for a while haven't they yeah but oh no thank 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 god he's here and here safely and you know everybody's doing well which is really good and um, the next you? time we... are you are you uh, granny joe are you nanny joe are you well who are you I, i'm going to be gmar joe gmar joe nice gmar joe i think is modern and snappy the other alternative is nanny sunshine oh i like that one but sunshine's my <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> but Nanny Sunshine. Uh, so I have uh, an almost adopted son who has four children. And so to them, I am Nanny Sunshine. Oh, that's lovely. I know. Oh, well, G Marjo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think G Marjo is good. It's yeah, down with the kids. Is that how you don't know? <laughs> I don't think I'm here. Shall I give in? <laughs> stop with it. Stop it. Stop it. Bring us to an end. Call the adverts. That's it. Oh, hang on a second. You were going to make an offer of a personalised forecast. Yes. Does anyone want a personalised forecast? Just let us know. <laughs> you can let us know on Twitter, where we're at squ Raindrop, because Square Raindrop didn't fit. Or you can email us at weather at squareraindrop.com. 
so easy. So easy. So go ahead, do it to get your personalized forecast for a birthday, for an event, for a party, or just because you feel like it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your comments anyway. Do speak to us um, and let us know what you'd like to hear about. And um, from Square Raindrop for this week, we say ta ta. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello, Toby. I couldn't help but notice that you didn't actually play my song in that request hour. But because I'm a generous kind of a person, I'm going to give you a forecast anyway. Now, I might be generous, but I'm not particularly nice, so it's not going to be the best forecast you've ever seen. Now, obviously, I don't know exactly where you live, and I'm not going to stalk you, so I'm going to pretend you live about there. What a lovely house you have, too. I love those flowers in your front garden. Now, the wet weather will be with you first thing on Saturday. It's going to be a really miserable start, wet, dark, really quite grey. But all of that will slowly pull away and your little house there will get gradually drier and should see a little bit of sunshine during the afternoon as well. And on Sunday, you should also have a mostly dry day with a little bit of sunshine coming through. Most of the showers should stay to the north of you and you're just going to see some rather brisk winds at times. So really, all in all, it's not the worst forecast you'll have for this weekend, but it's not really going to be the best either. If you want a better forecast, you know what you have to do. It starts with play and ends with my song. <laughs>